Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello! Welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing bullying meets systems theory. I want to offer more to the bullying discussion. My work is heavily influenced by systems theory. And all that psychology really means is that everything works within relation to the other. So if you think about a baby mobile, that thing that hangs above the baby's crib that the baby can stare up at and reach up and touch with fingers and touch with toes. And when they touch one little part of the baby mobile, the entire thing is affected. Everything swings a little differently and moves a little differently and in a different direction, but everything is affected by the other. So when I talk about systems, the listeners, you, will visualize something different. And we all visualize something different depending on our personal battles. So some of you will see your family system. That's the most obvious, right? And some maybe your work family system. If you're in a church or if you've left a cult, many of my clients have escaped cults. And there aren't just big cults in the United States. There are ones that are teeny and tiny and sprinkled all over. Maybe it's a cheerleading squad. Maybe it's a group of friends. Maybe a sports team. A PTA or an HOA. These are all little systems within other systems. The discussion to me about bullies seems very limited to bully and victim, as if there are really only two participants, two players there. But every time I've witnessed bullying, it it hasn't been that way. There have been many, many witnesses, which is a form of participation, maybe chosen participation, maybe forced participation, but there's really just bully and victim. Now, participation varies and each participant is different, but I thought I would talk about this participation factor or the systems that develop around bullies and bullying. There's a lot to unpack, and I want to unpack more of this dynamic because I don't believe we know how to treat the symptoms of bullying very well, much less identifying and understanding 
why and how bullying can cut so deeply and be impactful over a lifetime and then impact how subsequent generations are parented. In no particular order, I want to name some of the players that play intentionally and accidentally on the dynamics of bullying. So what I'm picturing for my example is a typical playground bullying scene. But what I'm sharing can be applied to any system. And it can be applied in this newer world of online bullying because the same players play there in the online land. So there's the bully, easy to identify. We'll each picture the bullying that we've experienced and seen in our own lives. And I believe that in that audience of players, there are just some startled people there on that playground. Maybe they freeze. Maybe they deer in the headlights. What does this do for this person? Why would someone freeze? Well, when we freeze, we don't need to make a decision. Not a decision to take action. Not a decision to run away. Not a decision to intervene. Not a decision to look the other way. We just sort of freeze. Maybe it's an analysis paralysis of what to do in the moment. Maybe we're scared of becoming the target. And we don't want to rock the boat in any way, so we just get quiet and freeze. Maybe we try to go a little invisible. That probably takes the least amount of effort. Maybe we've learned to be passive within aggressive energies in our homes, in other systems. It might even be smart to not attract attention in this way. Because I can't give you one formula on the right way to be in a bullying situation. Because bullying situations often turn dangerous with many, many factors that are out of control. But maybe the more we can learn about the different roles others play, the different roles we've played and may play, maybe it'll help us figure out exactly what needs doing or not doing in some of these moments. I think often when a fight breaks out in a school, when someone's getting actively, aggressively bullied, There are some bystanders that have a lot of excitement. Maybe this is the fear of missing out people. I think a lot of this is driven by general boredom. You know, when we're bored as a people, I don't think our best selves come out. I think that's why adolescence is such a difficult time for so many of us. Because we need to be challenged as people, challenged in great ways, challenged to lift ourselves up to be better people. And when that doesn't get channeled positively, I think it's very easy for that adolescent energy, that preteen energy, these years that we associate with bullying, that energy gets channeled into a negative way. And maybe that's by being the bully, but also gaining delight that something exciting is going on at someone else's expense. These people can be insecure. They might be the gossipers who just want to be the first one with information, that might be how they feel important in the world. We all know energy vampires. Maybe there are excitement vampires that live off of excitement, whether it's happy, positive, light excitement or dark, low vibe, abusive, bullying excitement. And by finding this sort of cheap excitement, maybe one doesn't have to risk or do the work to find their own excitement to invest into their lives in a positive way. 
and a bullying scene, that's a lot of powerful energy. And we can feel so disempowered as kids. It's easy to understand how some of us might latch on to any kind of power. We want to have something juicy to share and to know. Maybe that's in large part how we saw our parents connect over the years to other adults. Maybe we're watching peers as we grow up that connect to these negative experiences, these low-vibe gossiping shares. Because it's juicy, right, in a way that's hard for us to explain or understand. Somebody going through something difficult, hard, harsh, for some reason, that's just a, a juicier nugget than, hey, I have some news that someone won the lottery or someone got promoted or someone learned how to fly a plane. They're light, but there's something juicy about something dark. I don't think we talk about enough as a people. I think often there are enablers around a bully, the sidekick, the person playing second fiddle. That person might have a lot of inner justification about, well, I'm not going to do the worst stuff myself, but I'll support the bully. Often that person has a very dysfunctional relationship with the bully, sometimes in good graces, and then often that spins and flip-flops. It probably works for the second fiddle that the bully's energy is occupied on a victim and not on the sidekick. This can often be someone who doesn't have the strength to lead towards what's right and may figure out on some level that it might be safer, less risky. There are enablers that are scared, and so they go along, choosing passivity. There can often be a hero present, around the bully, the person that has integrity. And not just integrity, because people will watch who have integrity, who want to do the right thing, who are secure in knowing what the right thing to do is. Stepping in themselves, going to find someone that can help. Someone might be a people pleaser, even though they have really good things in their heart and might not know how to intervene or how to step up or how to fight even though they might want to fight for the underdog. So the hero may have a combination of feeling all of these things that many HSPs will feel, but also has some kind of strength, some kind of ability to find voice or to find their legs underneath their body and go into action. Sometimes this hero jumps in and gets into the fight to save the person that's getting bullied. One of the ways I think about this bullying dynamic is like a campfire. You don't just have those two main logs. You need all the little kindling pieces or the fire won't grow. The system of this bullying scene is much like this fire, all these little sticks. And it needs the supply of all these little actions and non-actions by the players, by the audience around this bully. The audience acts as kindling to the bully's sparks until it takes fire. We are all, whether we like it or not, participatory in becoming this type of kindling. Bullying is a hard thing to find the answers to. This is a cycle of hurt people hurting people. I was bullied in different ways, plenty, but it's not those moments that haunt me. It's the moments that I look back and I realize that I became accidental kindling. There's no one formula that I can give 
about what to do in a bullying situation. Some of you will see this in work situations. We very much have professional bullies in our society. I've watched teachers get bullied by other teachers. And doctors bully other doctors or nurses. Bullying happens across all cultures, all socioeconomic statuses, all educational levels. It is up to you in these moments to act in alignment with your own morals, values, and beliefs. Maybe you still hold guilt about how you acted or failed to act. Maybe this episode is about self-understanding and forgiveness. Maybe it's about learning to shift from passive to active. Maybe it's about being mindful about the roles we play and stumble into with, without notice or mindfulness. And how to bring more mindfulness when we're startled. Maybe this episode is about permission to find our voice or to find action, however imperfectly, for ourselves over a lifetime and with each other. Maybe this is about understanding our own stories as bullying victims. I hope in how I'm explaining this that more of us can understand why these dynamics cut so deeply. Because in this way, we are burned by the fire, not the individual sticks. To heal, we're often processing and carrying the pain of everyone in that bullying system and what they did or didn't do. When we look at the suicide rates of young people due to online bullying, I believe this is part of what fuels the bonfire level of this type of bullying is because on the playground that is limited only so many people can witness that moment and as mortifying and humiliating as those moments can be with an audience of 10 or 15 or 20 or 100 when it hits the internet it feels to that child like it is the entire world Tips for overcoming bullying, to increase our understandings of what happened to us, because it's so much more than just a punch in the face or a wedgie or someone seeing a nipple in a shared nude selfie that gets passed around. It's about betrayal. It's about the utter aloneness of that moment while surrounded on the playground or by the internet world. Second tip. Understand the shark-feeding frenzy quality of human beings and work to not take it personally. Now, I use the word work very intentionally. I'm going to say it again. Understand the shark-feeding frenzy quality of how you were bullied and work to not take it personally. This is the secret to releasing how it feels and the weight of it. Because groupthink and bad behavior makes some of the worst humanity come out. Don't let the size of the group, the size of the fire that builds from so much kindling, so many participants, create stories in your head about the level of unworthiness that that bully wants you to feel. You'll lose the bullying game if you don't understand these rules. Allow your bullying to be framed in a way that says, wow, 
That was terrible behavior. From some humans to another human. Something must be going on with them. I'm okay. The moment that the story from the bully gets into your head and says, I'm so stupid, or I'm so ugly, or fat, or slow, or weird, or don't have the right clothes, or I'm so poor, and that's why I got bullied. You have lost, you have not understood the bullying game. And it's a game you never wanted to play, but you got dragged into. Don't let the bully's efforts win by you absorbing that awful energy and pummeling yourself with it. You were exposed to some human ick, that's all. Don't create more ick on the inside of you because that's super unfair and cruel to you. And if you are sensitive and weird like me, I love that you're part of my tribe. And in my tribe, we accept that we work not to absorb or react to low vibes from others. It's not mine. It's not yours. We can send it right back to them. We don't have to absorb it. Talk it out with safe people. This goes for bullying and everything you struggle with. Don't bottle it up so you explode later. Don't bottle it up so it cooks your insides. When things swirl around on the inside of our heads, they can create some craziness, some stressful stories. When we let those stories out of our lips and we share them with safe people, they transform, they get lighter, they float away. Have faith. Now, I know that's hard if you've been hurt a lot, especially if you've been hurt by a spiritual leader or by people who really believe that they're very religious. That faith word can be loaded. But having faith is a choice, and we've got to stubbornly lean into it sometimes. So I can offer this, and you can take it or you can toss it out the window. Have faith that as you grow and figure things out in life, you will be able to move towards lighter and brighter, happier people, teachers, mentors, leaders, friends, and away from bullying ones. And our skins can grow thicker in a really healthy way. And that helps make life easier, even though life doesn't ever get super easy peasy. But we learn how to ride the waves in a way that's easier and feels safer, and it even starts to feel like fun. My last tip, pull your energy away from all that bullying stuff and do creative and fun things that fill you with light, love, and joy. There are always other communities to join, other systems And there are other systems out there that are healthier than others. And you can find where you fit and where feels healthy and clear, where you can trust the vibes there. And no system is perfect. And people that are really healthy and awesome will still disappoint us and still frustrate us. But we will also have a deep trust that they're there to hold our highest self and highest regard and that they will clean up their side of the street, and I will clean up my side of the street, and we will keep negotiating how to relate. If you are young and you are still living in a very dysfunctional family system, I want you to know that other systems are available to you. They're real. Healthier people are out there. They're waiting for you. This is resiliency, Healthy people, people who want a healthy life, we practice resiliency. 
and we have a kind of faith in that. I hope this episode about bullying helped you figure out some part of yourself or someone in your world. I hope it brings you some kind of little nugget of peace. I hope in growing your understanding of yourself and others by listening to the show that you're feeling an easiness, even within things that are hard. And I hope you're learning and believing in loving yourself from the tips of your toes to the very, very tips of your hair. Look out for an upcoming episode where I do a meditation to help us leave the house and deal with the bullies in the world. I want to thank you listeners who take your time out to go rate the show. It is really helpful to the podcasting behind the scenes and what we need to do for the show to keep people finding it and listening because you have gotten on and left reviews and subscribed to the show and shared it. We just hit a million downloads. <laughs> a million. I've had to sit back and really take that in today. Thank you for helping me help others make peace with their high sensitivity, with their big, giant, important hearts. I want to thank Shalinko, who wrote a beautiful review on iTunes. I want to thank CJ Wisco. I love that you say that the show is so fun, messy, and pure. I want to thank Miss Blue82. I'm sending you a huge hug. Thank you for your sweet review. Me True, thank you so much. I'm glad you're out there continuing to better yourself. Keep going. Don't give up ever. Ken's Mommy, oh, she has been battling infertility. She says, infertile Myrtle needed this. <laughs> I'm glad I could serve you. Mr. Crunk 26, I'm glad you had no idea of what an HSP was and you figured out who you are. That's why I do the show. Thank you all for the acknowledgement. Thank you for allowing other people to read what your experience of the show has been. It really does help us and it helps so many other people. I'm so grateful I am writing a cloud of gratitude. Thank you so much for being the change in the world and for being part of the butterfly effect of making yourself a better person. It is a hard, hard work. I hope you're all proud. I'm an emotional badass. You're an emotional badass. And together with a million downloads, we are where Moxie meets Mindful. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.